This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be financial or investment advice. Seek a licensed professional for investment advice about crypto or any other investment. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Blazing Crypto Podcast, where we help you grow wealth with crypto. I'm your host, Brandon, and joined as always uh, by Justin. Uh, Today, we're excited to get into the concept of how to understand the big moves in the crypto market. So crypto as a volatile industry likely has some of the biggest moves uh, of any market that you could possibly be a part of. And today, we're going to unpack what causes that, how to understand that, really want to fill the knowledge bucket there uh, so you can be ready for those big moves um, but also talk about mistakes to avoid on the on the don't side, uh, but also recommendations on the do side. So as we get in, uh, get into this, um, we've talked about in our in our previous episodes that there are several core positions that we maintain from an investment uh, side. So these are positions where uh, most of uh, mine and Justin's allocation is is tied up into these coins. We've talked about that as Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, uh, and those you know for me at least make up um, probably ninety percent of what my allocation is at any given time. So we wanted to give a first a market update uh, about what Ethereum is looking like and, and and kind of what that means for the market. So if you're in any of those positions, uh, you can have your sort of heads up and kind of uh, some perspective about what might be. Coming So essentially, uh, to make a long story short, Ethereum is set to break out. Uh, the chart looks ripe and prime for not only Ethereum to break out uh, of, of really local, uh, key local resistance levels, but also, frankly, it's going to make an all-time high uh, if you're tracking it on, uh, on U.S. dollars. Uh, so normally, uh, normally, this has been a very key indicator in the market. So Justin... Uh, what what would have you excited <laughs> beyond the obvious about Ethereum breaking out here? Yeah, I think um, obviously I'm excited because that's my largest position. So uh, <laughs> it's hard it's hard <laughs> it's hard not to be excited. No, I think um, the the big thing that I'm looking for is so like we'll get into this in, in a few minutes. I don't want to get into too far, but when Ethereum moves, like Ethereum moves quickly. Right. And so, you know, as we're watching charts and seeing kind of like, okay, this momentum is building, um, it looks like it wants to break out. You know, that's where I'm looking very closely and saying, okay, like, what's my next move? Like, if this thing explodes and leaves the rest of the market behind it, like, what do I need to do? So, mostly just planning and trying to keep my head cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've also seen historically. I wouldn't say it's a it's a hundred percent given, um, but in this kind of situation, when Ethereum breaks out from the rest of the market, normally most altcoins will follow that movement to some degree or another. So again, if you if you're in positions, if there are positions you're looking to exit for any reason, um, not that that's a personal story. Uh, this again, just an idea of knowing what's, uh, knowing what's coming, uh, and knowing what to look out for. Uh, One thing to note there before we dive into the main topic is so, and this gets a little bit complicated, but, but we wanted to mention it here. I I would have a personal preference for, so Ethereum is my largest stack as well. I I have a, a lower allocation of Ethereum than you, Justin, um, 
which, you know, every now and then you, you tease me about, but uh, that's all right. Um, but if, if we see Ethereum break out from the rest of the market here, uh, let's say that it's outperforming the market by, by 2x or it outperforms Bitcoin by 2x. If we see a massive move early and Bitcoin is still stagnant in the, in the high 50s or low 60s, uh, just as a note, I, th this is that would be a spot where I would look to take some of my Ethereum, not all of it, maybe half of it, maybe 30% of it, um, but actually take profits into Bitcoin. So actually I would sell some Ethereum and increase my Bitcoin position if Bitcoin has not moved yet. Uh, and if that sounds confusing or, 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 or that's not what you want to do, that's great. I just wanted to share that insight from kind of how I think about the market and the direction that I move on uh, on my core positions. Justin, anything to add there? Yeah, I think I think that, well, I share the same strategy um, and I've done that, you know, like um, like Solana took off and it went from like it went from twenty dollars to around two hundred dollars. And I think about a four week time frame um, during the end of the summer and really like what happened is it actually outperformed the rest of the market. Like the rest of the market was going sideways. Right. So in that situation, it, if you find yourself in that scenario, like in my opinion, I have to pull profits at that point into something that, um, just hasn't moved yet. And so in that situation, um, we pulled profits from Solana into Ethereum and hey, Ethereum looks really good right now. That's essentially compounding your profits. Like that, that's why it's so advantageous. Um, now you can you can take this too far and be jumping all over the place, but for the most part, I think that compounding effect really um, it just builds up over the long term. Absolutely, and that's a, that's a strategy. That's an advantage of having core positions. Is you can sort of know more about fewer things. Uh, and know deeper on those and actually take advantage of those, yep. maybe what you'd call macro swings or whatever. One one more thing on that too. I, just to clarify, from like a, how often I do this, it's not often. I've done this once this year mm -hmm. um, on the Solana trade. And then the Ethereum that I've got right now um, that I would be looking to sell soon if it goes crazy, I've been holding that position for over... Um, over a year now. So it's not often that you find these opportunities. Um, yeah, but when you good. find them, they're very, very good. That's good. All right, shifting to our main topic today of understanding big price moves in crypto. Um, I want to set up why we think that's really, really important and why you should care about that. So I'm going to start out with some scenarios. So imagine that you know, you're, you're, you're driving down the road, you pull into a coffee shop, and uh, after you order, you're checking crypto Twitter, uh, the interesting world that is crypto Twitter, and, and you start seeing uh, a number of people that you follow uh, talking about being afraid, uh, FUD, that, that Bitcoin really looks weak here, that it's going to drop, and you start seeing things like, yeah, if we if it drops below you know fifty seven k or fifty two k or fifty one k, we could be going all the way down to thirty k, right? You see all these these crazy targets, and the market sort of suddenly turns uh, bearish, as we might say. 
you, you, you've got you've got some some things going on in your psyche that now you have to sort of make some decisions, right? Uh, the other thing I would say is is let's say that you you wake up one morning, you check the market, and you know you're down fifteen percent, or or it's it's day number six in a essentially a downward move, and you look and you're like, man, I'm down twenty five percent. What we're going to talk about today is number one, understanding why that occurs and what what's true of those moves in uh, in crypto, specifically Bitcoin um, and Ethereum, but also what's true of those moves in a bull market, like what you should be prepared for and sort of uh, calibrate your expectations to, and then we'll get to sort of some do's and don'ts. Uh, but but the goal is to understand how to sort of control your psyche. Uh, and how to be really deliberate and intentional and, and, and pre-planned about how you're going to handle uh, those moves. So, Justin, really briefly here, um, connect the dots for us on why we see such big moves in crypto during a bull season. Isn't it supposed to only ever go up? No bad days? <laughs> it bounces hard, right? Like, it. Uh, there's a saying in crypto Twitter called up only. Um <laughs> And for a while there, it actually felt like it was up only. That actually came came out sometime when Bitcoin was going crazy earlier this year. Anyway, the so really the moves that are made on these coins, like how explosive they are, it's just a reflection of the capital that's coming into the space. Um, and the why behind that is because like the technology is literally that good. There's a reason, you know, that companies like uh, MicroStrategy, for example, they've put in like millions and millions, I think billions of dollars at this point, um, into Bitcoin as a as a core position of their uh, treasury. Yeah, like when when a company throws in fifty million, a hundred million dollars into this stuff, that one buy order can can literally make the price of Bitcoin jump 10%. Um, so the, it, a lot of it has to do with the size of the industry. It's small and just the explosive growth we're seeing because people are, are running to the space. Those are the, some of the big things. But I think there's some other things that are involved too when you think about um, a lot of the people that have a lot of crypto right now are traders. Um, they're, they're experienced traders that have been trading this market for eight years. They've accumulated a lot of, a lot of crypto. Um, they use leverage. So all of those things also contribute to sort of this volatile, um, aspect of it. And when, when things get really bullish and everyone becomes a bull and gets really excited, that's why the price keeps pumping higher and higher because everyone just keeps throwing more money into it. Yeah. And at a high level. Um, we should only expect that the moves up get larger, uh, more volatile in, in, in the, the right direction, if you will, but also the corrections actually get get equally uh, equally large also. So I mean imagine a scenario where and this is very, very, very realistic. Imagine a scenario where you know we hit uh, Bitcoin hits 100k, maybe ethereum hits eight. Thousand, ten thousand, eleven thousand dollars, and everyone is just you know you're euphoric, right? You're excited. It, this is unbelievable, and we see a thirty percent correction, and Bitcoin falls back down to seventy thousand, 
and Ethereum goes back down to 6,800, 7,200. What we're trying to basically say is that, that kind of move, it's not only possible, it's actually expected. Yep. Uh, and, so, and so this is a way to sort of fill that. If you've never experienced that before, it's kind of difficult. Uh, you think, man, that, that might be the end. Um, and at some point, it might be. Uh, but essentially, those corrections, I would say anything between 20 and 30 percent, we're going to see two, three, four, uh, five of those in in the cycle. And those can get larger and also more compressed in how quickly they happen uh, the further we get in in the cycle. Uh, the last thing I wanted to mention here is at a high level, there's really there's a danger in in, in only valuing projects by price. In other words, you really like Bitcoin and Ethereum when they've been up for 12 days in a row, but you, you suddenly don't like them at all after three days of, of correction or a week of correction or when they go on a Black Friday sale. If you find that changing your entire thought about and conviction about what this asset is or what this asset class is, that's probably a, a danger sign that either A, again, you've never experienced the market. And so this is going to be some pretty steep learning, to be honest. Or B, again, establish your conviction, your fundamental conviction about an asset, not in the price movement, right? Price movement is indicative of what the market thinks about the asset. And as investors, again, we, we often say we think we can find an advantage uh, when, we, when we cross grain with the market and actually find value. Uh, again, Bitcoin dropping 50% doesn't mean Bitcoin is, is 50% you know, less capable of what it was beforehand, right? So those kind of things, when you have more conviction than the market does, uh, especially in a volatile industry, uh, that's a time to really gain ground. Just in anything to finalize uh, how to understand these big price moves before we move on to uh, the action items. I think just another, um, this isn't really helpful with understanding them, but it's it's helpful with getting through them. <laughs> And that is to just set your expectations, right? Like the, in, I think you mentioned a little bit of this in the last bull market, Bitcoin experienced 10 sell-offs in the bull market that were between 20 to 40%. Uh, we've already experienced several of those in this bull market. And so if, if, you, if that's your expectations and you're like, okay, this is normal, um, this is normal inside of a bull market. It's going to help you, you know, be able to orient yourself when you're in that moment and, and realize, okay, is this something that's never happened before? Or is this something that's just another day in Bitcoin? Probably it's just another day in Bitcoin. Yeah, that's good. And again, when in doubt, zoom out, try to get the bigger perspective of what's going on. Don't be a slave to the one hour chart, the one day chart. Um, yeah, zoom out and figure out what's going on. Look at the look at the whole year. You know, it's kind of funny. We were actually having a conversation yesterday over a text thread with some friends, and you know, someone was asking about Ethereum, what's going on, and, and Justin, you actually took a screenshot of of what the last year has looked like, and we're up, I don't know, four x. We started the year uh, in January in the, I think it's in the five hundred range, and now we're yeah. you know forty five hundred some. So again, take a deep breath, zoom out, look at the larger movement. Uh, again, consider all the money that's coming into the space from an investment side. All right, let's shift gears. Uh, we want to get to the meat of the episode here. Uh, we're going to talk about how to how to respond to big moves. Uh, and first of all, I'll caveat and say, 
you actually don't have to do anything all the time with every move that happens. That's one of the mistakes I made early on. Like, it's like, well, if I see this big move coming, like, it's like if, if I'm a surfer in the ocean, right? Like, I got, you know, I want to ride every big wave. I don't want to miss a wave. Um, so we want to talk about mistakes to avoid and actually recommendations for, for positive things to do. So, Justin, what would be what would be kind of your key mistake to avoid as it relates to big moves in crypto? Well, the the biggest mistake to avoid is don't buy the asset after it makes the big move. Uh, and that is actually a lot easier to uh, say out loud than it is to do it sometimes, especially if it's been something that you've been watching and you were like, oh, I think this is about to make a big move. And then it does what you expected it to, but you didn't have a position you know, in that. Uh, that can be maddening. But yeah, it, if you miss the big move, you miss the big move. Like, Find a, you know, look for the next one, um, but don't don't chase the pump that that will leave you in a very unfortunate spot. Absolutely. And that's really hard to do, especially when you're not ready for what's coming. That's where the FOMO kicks in. You know, if I would even say and again, you know, if you're listening, you know, you better than we know you or anyone else knows you. If your instinct to buy only kicks in after we've been up for four to six days or two weeks and everybody on Twitter is positive, if that looks like a row of green lights to you and, and, and that's what kicks your instinct in to invest, uh, th- that's, probably, that's probably not the right signal. Uh, and and you sort of you need to calibrate better, understand the market better, sort of figure out are you an investor? Are you a trader? Like, what are you, what are you hoping to get out of this? Right. But, but equally, if, if being down for six days triggers a desire to sell and just get out of a position now, not saying that's not ever the right decision, but if you're always thinking, Oh no, we're down. I need to sell and cut bait. Again, those are, those are signs that your your uh, your thinking is not is not is not really well calibrated with this kind of market, and that's okay. Um, that's what this episode is actually about. So yeah, I would say if you're only buying when things are going up, and you're actually only selling when things are going down, that is a mistake to avoid. Also, part and parcel with that, I'll just mention this as well. Another mistake is is simply just chasing the market. Or you're, you're almost trying to always identify trends so that you can be on the next thing that's going to happen. Uh, certainly, I think there's a, there's a place for taking a small percentage of your portfolio. For me, it's about 5% and, and maybe trying to align with, with where the market is moving. But, I, but again, the core positions and uh, having those core positions, uh, I'll use a cliche here, waiting for the market to come to you. Uh, and it will. Those are really the, the best ways to take advantage of the big moves. If you find yourself chasing, you're going to find yourself on the on the wrong side of, of the market. Justin, what's another mistake for you? Yeah, so um, this one is just not having a plan. So it, I don't want to stress that too much and make you feel like you have to be like, you don't have to be constantly checking the price or, you know, yeah, you don't have to be opening up Blockfolio app, you know, 10 times a day to constantly look to see if you miss the big move. It doesn't happen like that. But, but really, at least having an awareness 
of, okay, this is kind of where we're at in the market. Um, you know, especially if you're entering that final stage of the market, you just need to know kind of like what to expect and have a plan to, to get out. So like, um, a good example of this, I was talking with Brandon and I sent him a video and I think a few other friends and it was basically, okay, if Ethereum, um, if Ethereum makes this huge move right now and everything else stays low, I would be interested in pulling profits from Ethereum into those other assets like Bitcoin. That's uh, kind of what we were talking about a little bit earlier in the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, however, if Ethereum goes crazy while Bitcoin is going crazy, you know what? I'm probably going to pull profits into U.S. dollars, not into Bitcoin, right? And so I'm not trying to make that overly complicated, but when, you know, when there's a lot of volatility, you need to kind of like have some sort of expectations uh, about what's going to happen. And then you got to pre-plan your decisions beforehand because you don't want to be like scrambling to come up with a plan while everything is going up 80% and down 40%, you know, in a, in a 24 hour time period, that can be, that can be crazy. Absolutely. Last thing I want to mention on the mistake side before we transition to the, the positive, what to do side is be careful about being overly news driven with this market. So there's a tendency that I, I've seen where if you if you read the news, if you if you follow Bloomberg Crypto and, and, and you know CNBC and all this other stuff, um, th there's all this thing of like when when price goes down, like what what made the market go down, like what what happened, like and, and almost like you need to for, in a forensic way like stitch together a narrative. Uh, we saw this right when when Bitcoin went from sixty four thousand in May and, and down to to you know thirty thousand, even even below thirty thousand in the summer. People were saying, "Oh, that was Elon Musk." Elon Musk's one tweet did that, and, and we're all smart enough to realize it didn't. Right? It, it was it was part of it. It, it hit a few dominoes, uh, but there were a whole host of other things going on. And, and, and the point is, there there are forensics of why things happen, but don't be so attached to having to understand every little move because of the news. Frankly, the news oftentimes is a is a is a trailing indicator of what's going on. If you follow the news, you're going to be behind. And frankly, the news doesn't really understand what's going on either. Um, I would say they, they they most often misunderstand and correlate things that just. They're not the things that are not correlated. Uh, anyway, I'll leave that there if that's a discussion for another day. Let's get into positive recommendations. What should you do? How should you, how should you act, uh, plan, knowing that these big moves are coming, both down and up? Justin, what leads the, the pack for you? So for me, you've got to... Um... I guess a, gr a great way to describe it is, you know, find your seat on the bus and sit in that seat. Like, don't move to all the other seats. Uh, and that can be stressful. Uh, we talked about the popcorn analogy in a previous episode. And it's like, you know, you've got all these coins. It's hard to pick the right ones or whatever. And you want to be in all of them, but you can't. And as they start popping like popcorn, you want to chase them. Well, literally the best way to do this is to just simply... Pick your seat, right? Like pick Ethereum, whatever, and wait and have patience. Um, and if you're trying to move in and out of different coins, what can happen is like 
Ethereum doesn't usually make this slow grind upward for three years without any big moves, right? So a lot of the, the real growth happens on these coins in really crunched time periods. So, you know, you might have Ethereum or Bitcoin going sideways for six months, and then all of a sudden in four weeks, it goes 4x, right? Like if you're over trading or you're moving around and chasing other things, um, you're going to miss that one move. And that's really the one move that matters. Uh, so the best way to protect yourself from missing out on that move is just to sit tight and don't stress out. Absolutely. So I have this, this weird, uh, uh, duo of, of sort of beliefs or affirmations or whatever they're being called today, which the first one is I firmly believe the move is going to happen. And secondly, alongside of it, I have no confidence in my ability to get in and out of everything to, to fully capture that move. Right? Like both of those things I actually have complete confidence in. Um, you know, I'm going to use a couple of cliches here because I think they actually make the point. Uh, I remember playing uh, basketball in high school, and our coach would say, uh, guys, we need to play our brand of basketball, uh, or we need to let the game come to us, right? And, and, and we all kind of like, what, what is our brand of basketball? We have a brand? Um, but obviously what he meant there is we need to play this thing the way that we want to and the way we know how to. If we get, if we get pulled into how the other team wants us to play – we're dead. We're sitting ducks. We're going to lose. So with crypto, going back to, to beat the drum of core positions, if you're making big swings in allocation, uh, again, we've already talked about that. It's, it's just impossible. Like Justin said, uh, it's impossible to be successful. Like Justin said, I mean, we would see a scenario where where I would say 70 to 80% of what Bitcoin would do in a year is going to happen in a, in the span of a few weeks. Now, they might be a few weeks that are spread apart, but if you miss those weeks, you miss the move that year. So Justin, you mentioned that you know Bitcoin is up on average 200% a year. Yeah, and if you miss a few weeks, you, you miss that. And you actually might be down 30% and the rest of the market's up 180%. Doesn't feel great. So again, identify core positions, commit to core positions, and not just which coin that you're in, but even even like the percentage of allocation that you you want. And, and if you're itching to do something, uh, dollar cost average into or out of those core positions. Uh, that I mean, that's honestly, I would say, if I had to make one recommendation, that's it. I'll give a quick example. Um, one of the things I actually I, I decided to do because I have this like oh no I need to be trading the market like that that's where my FOMO kicks in a lot of times I want to if I see a big move I want to capitalize on it and it led me to do some things that I, I shouldn't have done quickly here I identified basically that with my core positions I would never move out of one of my core positions to move into something else that was not a core position like, I'm not saying that's right for everybody. But that has helped me avoid many a mistake. And so I think core positions is a, is a massive component of getting this right. And again, I've, I've had some massive swings up, a few key, key swings down, some massive swings up in those core positions. Like you said, find a seat on the bus, sit down, wait for the ride. Justin, anything else on the recommendation side for what to do uh, with the big moves? 
Yeah. So taking profits, um, you know, we've said that a lot and it's, um, that, that can be really challenging to know like how and when to do that. So a good strategy that I use, and it's, it's similar to like the, how we exit to mark the market in phases or in, um, dollar cost averaging. But you know, if, if you're in a coin that's making a big move, like, don't be afraid to, to take some of the profits off the table and either maybe, maybe put that into Bitcoin, put that into whatever, or put it into us dollars and wait for a, you know, a 70% pullback or something, you know, like, uh, you can, you can always take that money off the table when it's pumping. That's the time to do it. Not after it crashes and then you're like, Oh, that was fun. I had that money for like a whole three weeks and, uh, I never actually realized those profits. You don't want to be, you don't want to be in that spot. That's really good. Well, this wraps up our four part series of find your crypto, uh, your GPS to navigate the cycle. Uh, I would encourage you uh, go back and listen to these episodes. Uh, they really do frame the picture of where we are in the market and some key strategies to execute on and some key mistakes to avoid. Yeah, Justin, I think this has been a really good series. It's a timely series and uh, hopefully we've been able to uh, help, help our, our friends, our audience uh, with navigating uh, the cycle. Uh, a quick plug here, uh, check out our website, blazingcrypto.io. If you have friends that are new to the industry that are asking you a lot of questions, Frankly, if you got questions over Thanksgiving that, that you weren't exactly sure how to answer, like what is Bitcoin or I've heard of Ethereum uh, that probably got mispronounced. Uh, what is that? Uh, we actually have some videos called Trailhead videos on the website. Go to the website, click new here, watch the Trailhead videos, send them to a few friends. Um, but otherwise, uh, check us out. YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate the support. Uh, we've got some fun things coming up uh, in the month, uh, in the next uh, couple of months, and we're excited to uh, have you be a part. So for Justin, I'm Brandon. Encouragement this weekend, turn off crypto Twitter, uh, go on a hike, spend some time outdoors, and have a great weekend. See you guys. For more information, check out our website at blazingcrypto.io. Additionally, if you have friends that are new to crypto, share our trailhead videos from our website, which is a great way to get introduced to crypto.